Hey friends, Ashton here and welcome back to another episode of Good, True and Beautiful. I am super stoked today. Uh, I, I think I may have a new friend. I don't know. We, we really haven't got to know each other yet, but my senses are uh, he is one of us. Uh, we are one of him. I don't know how that goes, but I'm super grateful to have him at our table today. My amateur study into his work in the world um, is that he is up to interesting things. And I think he may have uh, some insight for each of us and maybe even some insight into the people, uh, the young ones that we've been entrusted. Uh, and so with that being said, I would believe he's in California today. Uh, Trace Bell is joining us. Trace, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Ashton. I'm so excited to talk with you. So am I right? Are you in lovely California today? I'm in lovely California. I'm in Northern California, actually. Um, I I used to live in LA and now I live in the Bay Area. So I, I'm yeah, up, up north and down. I, I love it here. It's so beautiful here. Beautiful day. Yeah, California's. Where are you from? So Waco, Texas, the center. Okay. Uh, just right in the middle of Texas. So yep. in between I've been to Austin. Waco. Yeah. 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 When was that? Yeah, Back cool, in the cool day city. when your dad was at UBC or something like that? Yeah. There was, there was some Baylor trip that I, that I went on. Yeah. 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 We, we have a friend in Waco too. So yeah, it's a, it's a cool place. Awesome, man. Um, well, let's get into this. So I, I always ask everyone, you know, when they come on the show, like when, when they introduce themselves and their work in the world, like where do you begin? That's a great question. Um, so I, I graduated college a little over a year ago. I graduated from UCLA. And then I decided to, my, my dad is, is Rob Bell, who's a spiritual teacher, author, creative, musician. He has a lot of titles. He doesn't really like to be limited to any one specific one. Uh, and I, I, ha- I decided to, to get into his work as, as how I would, I would call it. Um, so I started uh, teaching with him, doing more podcasts with him, uh, teaching about consciousness. Consciousness has always been the thing that's fascinated me most. Um, so teaching, we did a series on spiral dynamics, which is a yeah. psychological development model yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, called Me, We, Everybody back in the fall of 2020. And then I started, we did a series called Saturday School on Zoom. And then I started hosting my own classes. Um, so, I, so I've only really had um, a year here of, of actual work doing this, uh, doing this actual kind of self-development um, consciousness work. Uh, but yeah, I've, I, I, I had this deep sort of calling and, and intuition that I wanted to teach spirituality that wasn't affiliated with any particular religion. I wasn't, um, I wasn't religious growing up. I wasn't really involved in any particular religion growing up, even though my dad was te- a big in the Christian world. Um, I just had this kind of natural curiosity and, and wonder about the world. And I've followed that thread throughout my life. And it's really taken me into this, um, to the spirituality that I'm in today. And I, I just, I, I followed that, I followed that calling and I've been, yeah, teaching that for the past year. Right on. Well, my, my, I can tell that your, your energy and your zest, uh, you're interested, you're curious, you're, you're in a state of wonder, beautiful place to be. Um, I, let's start at consciousness. I mean, you know, just a real generic topic, right? Um, not so much. Like where, when you, when you say that you were always drawn to consciousness, that this, this was something that you were super interested about like walk with me on that what 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 do you mean when you say from a young age consciousness was was uh whispering to you uh, inviting you in yeah totally yeah so the so the word consciousness is kind of a weird word because it's like it's one of those words that you means a lot of different things to a lot of different people so when i use that word 
um, it's, it, it's feels a little bit vague and it's, it's supposed to be kind of mysterious. Um, but the, the way that I describe it is as a young kid, I, I had this, this fascination with the world and life and reality itself. And the, and the number one thing that fascinated me most was this, this question of consciousness and this question of awareness. There was this thing that I'm perceiving the world through. There's mm. this trace experience. And there's also this, there seems to be this deeper consciousness. that's also aware of trace and aware of this trace experience. Like what was this, it's this thing that I'm perceiving the world through, but I can't really, I can't hold consciousness in my hand. I can't really give it a shape or a texture or a color. Um, I can't really like describe it except that it's always here and it's always right now. So it was like this like mystery that was like, it sat always right here and right now, but yeah, I couldn't really put my finger on it at the same time. And then I remember reading as a, when I became a teenager, I remember as a teenager reading um, in science, what's called the, the hard problem of consciousness, which is science hasn't actually developed an adequate theory for how the brain, because the, the idea is that the brain produces consciousness, but science hasn't actually come up with an adequate theory for how once the brain re- reaches enough complexity, then it somehow magically produces consciousness. Because that what it says is that once the brain reaches and once there's enough um, complexity, once matter, the brain reaches enough complexity, then it produces consciousness. But that's like saying, if you add, put added enough cards to a deck, the deck will learn how to play poker, like to yeah. deduce yeah. the inner subjectivity of consciousness from matter it is something it's, that's why it's called the hard problem is it actually can't be done. So I remember as a kid, think, I remember as a teenager reading that going like, hold on, this mystery that's always here, always right now, this beautiful inner richness and subjectivity of consciousness that's always here, always right now. People were, were told that it comes from the brain, and that's kind of like the default assumption, yet we can't actually explain how this beautiful mystery is produced by the brain. So like, hold on, this thing is way more mysterious than most people are giving it credit for. So that really was like my, my thread of like, what, what is always, what is this mystery that is always here and always right now? Um, so throughout my life, really exploring and following that, that thread of, of, of consciousness and exploring consciousness, um, everything in our life has happened within consciousness. We've never had an experience that happened outside of our consciousness. So it's this, it's like this, this thing that's always sitting right here right now. And, and consciousness is just another word for the, for the present moment coming back to the present moment. So I could see how my fascination with consciousness was really tied in with all of these other, um, spiritual spiritual topics and spiritual pointers sort of um so that's really been my my thread that's the best way i would describe it i love it i love it so so total mystery uh yet uh total gift right yeah uh totally available um i I, I always say it isn't that consciousness wasn't available it's that typically we weren't available right to 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 know that which was happening who who are some of the voices um i know for me Eckhart Tolle was huge in this space. Um, who, who have been some of those those uh, teachers, those 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 guides for you into this realm? Yeah, Eckhart has been a huge one for me. I love Eckhart's work. Power of Now was a hugely influential book for me. Uh, New Earth yeah. was huge. He has a book called Stillness Speaks, which is a beautiful book. Um, there's a teacher called an, an English non-dual teacher called Rupert Spira, who is probably the the main. Uh, there's probably the, the most influential teacher when it came to this. He has a book called nature of consciousness, which is my favorite book of all time, which felt like it was, it felt like it was 
he was talking about spirituality in, in a language that like, I, I never knew I needed so much. Like it was mm-hmm. like a language almost tailored to, for my curiosity and wonder and my fascination with consciousness. Um, there's a teacher named GP Walsh, um, Francis Lucille is a French teacher. Uh, there's, I, I discovered through my read, I discovered there's like a whole world of people that are, that are talking specifically about consciousness and using that language. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that was an amazing part of my journey. It was just finding all these different people that like really yeah. felt like they were, um, sort of, uh, filling that, that hunger of, of, that I had for, to, to explore more. Totally. Uh, and, and, and not that this was our topic of dialogue today, cause it, it for sure wasn't maybe another cast down the road. Sure. We could do this, but, um, total mystery, total gift, totally available. And yet it can evolve. It does evolve. That's some of the spiral dynamics, right? When, when, when we get into that. And, and I think a lot of our community is familiar with some of that language. Um, talk to me about some of your studies into that evolution of consciousness. Not that we go way deep in the vein today, but just maybe as to some people are going, hey, what are Ashton and Trace talking about here? Just to kind of cultivate that seed a bit of maybe, you know, what could spark an interest for further study for someone. Yeah. So, um, I, my dad has been teaching for the past, I think he said like the past decade, I I feel like he, he has been teaching even longer than that, but he's been teaching, um, something called spiral dynamics, which is a psychological development model, which models how the human psyche and honestly, how human consciousness evolves over time and develops over time. Um, so this is a a model that shows that the human consciousness evolves throughout history. Um, so it, it, it has, this has a historical, you can view this from a historical sense of how humans have actually grown through history and how humans are actually growing in their own lives right now. But it details these, these stages that humans grow through and these different value systems that humans grow through. Um, and my dad, I grew up with my parents talking about this model and kind of using the language associated with it. And then two years ago, we sat down and actually really, really taught it to me. It was a very, it was a very raw bell moment. He sat down with, he sat down to the kitchen, uh, kitchen counter with two blank white sheets of paper. and was like, listen, I'm going to, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to explain spiral dynamics here. And then just wrote it out with a marker. Um, so it was like, it, it, it was, it was a very, it was, it was awesome. And then I, I kept the two uh, sheets of paper. Um, so yeah, so, so that, that model spiral dynamics, um, was it really put language in a framework to a lot of things that I had experienced and felt and seen. Um, I was a political science major at UCLA. So it really, I could see, um, I could see how the, a lot of political disagreements and a lot of culture wars were actually different stages of consciousness interacting with each other. So I could see that there was a, there was a real depth and complexity um, to consciousness. And there was a, that consciousness is actually on an upward trajectory mm-hmm. where it actually moves towards uh, more wholeness, more empathy, more compassion. Um, humans are actually moving um, in a way that uh, in, a, in a positive trajectory where they're actually having more room. Consciousness is increasing its ability for depth and complexity and intricacy, um, which was which was really amazing to see where we are in history and see where uh, where things are going. So spiral dynamics is a huge part of my work. Um, and just using this, I, I like it because it's, it's, I'm not, it's not like teaching people a model that, that, you know, this is the model that they have to understand the whole world through. It's actually the model's use is that it's actually providing this like language and framework for things. A lot of people have already experienced and yep. intuited. Yep. Um, that's the real power of it. Yeah, absolutely. One of, one of the great gifts spiral dynamics, uh, has given me 
is that understanding that depending on the stage, right, um, communication can all be but impossible sometimes if, mm. you know, you are more than one stage removed. I think that if you want to understand a lot of the issues in the world, uh, it's just because two, two places of separation in these stages, there's no communication that's happening. Yes. Um, and, and, and I think that when you learn that, not only does it give you an aha, it actually gives you a little bit of grace for, for, the mis- for, the, for the miscommunication, right? Like, oh, no wonder they are not hearing what I'm saying and I'm not hearing what they're saying because I'm in Portuguese and she's in Russian <laughs> totally. and we're not there. Um, so it is a great gift not to go down that rabbit hole. Um, but thank you. Maybe again, we could have you on for a deeper dive into that sometime. I would love to do another episode. Yeah, we're, we're covering a lot of good stuff here. We, we are. So um, in the vein of consciousness, uh, I, I always want to dig into people's like habits, routines, and rituals and practices. Um, to, for Trace Bell to stay centered, stay curious, stay in that state of wonder, stay moving up in the right trajectory, spirit, spiral dynamics speaking. Um, what are some of the habits and practices that, that you have found uh, beneficial that have become part of what you do day in and day out? Yeah. So meditation, I meditate every day. Meditation is one of the, probably the most important practice on my journey. Um, just a practice of just coming back to the present moment and really resting in the present moment. Um, there's so many different ways you can look at meditation. You can look at it as just connecting back to consciousness, connect, connecting back to the here and now, um, uh, detaching from thoughts. There's so many different avenues, but it's ultimately the same thing. It's ultimately about learning how to be more present and learning how to be satisfied and enjoy the present moment um, more. So I meditate every day, um, which is a huge practice. Uh, going out in nature is a huge, is a huge practice yeah. for me. Um, just really connecting. There's like a sort of primal connection to nature that we can really cultivate um, when we go consciously go spend time in nature and really connect. Um, whenever I feel um, I mean, now that I live in Northern California, it's much easier actually to go out in, in nature and, and spend, there's a bunch of places to much of parks and, and hikes. Yeah. Um, but whenever I start to feel like I'm, I'm overwhelmed or, uh, thoughts are really, you know, clouding my head, uh, going out in nature and just connecting and just being, just being by myself in nature is a huge practice for me. Um, so those are really, Oh, the other, I, the other one I really like is, um, a gratitude practice, yes. uh, waking up, waking up and, and, I can either write it down or I just do it in my head of just like five things I'm grateful for. And actually like the smaller, the better, like I'm grateful for my hands this morning. I'm great. Like the things that we usually take for granted, actually consciously um, expressing gratitude for them. I find is a great way to start the day on a really positive note. And like the, the smaller kind of more overlooked things that you can like express your gratitude for is actually the better because you, when you really start to cultivate this, gratitude and satisfaction with the present moment with the things you have um it really carries over into all areas of life so this would be like the three i would really my three main ones beautiful no i i I just taught on this right the idea of um expressing gratitude allowing it to be something physical in the world right You, you you become aware of this you write it down you you look at it and it is the smaller you go right the degree to which uh, the smaller it becomes, the more it expands, right? I think maybe that's, that's how I would phrase it. The sm- I always come up with like coarse black pepper, 
right, is just something I'm grateful for. If you can get it in the coarse black pepper, right, then of course you'll get it in friendships and your vehicle and your house and things like that. But it's like, that's a little lazy just to go, there's a roof over my head, even though that is significant and much of the world doesn't probably have that as we do. Digging in small, uh, what you focus on expands, right? Yeah, it's so well said. I, 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 a lot of people live, a lot of people have this relationship with the present moment where like the present moment needs to, they can be satisfied with the present moment if it fits certain criteria. So like if something really good is happening to them in the present moment, if they're having a, you know, a, a feeling of ecstasy or bliss or extreme pleasure, then the present moment is good. But like the present moment constantly has to fit that criteria. So what you're doing when you like really take that moment to be satisfied and grateful for the small things that you have in the present moment is like, you're building that kind of like satisfaction muscle. So when it really allows you to, when really good things are happening, allows you to even enjoy them even more because it, it's like built on this foundation of just having, being grateful for what you have in the present moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, so I love it. And, and it increases your capacity to absorb the imperfect, right? Like yes. when, when has yeah. any, it, no, none of us have ever had the perfect day where it's all just up and to the right and holes in one. And yet, um, I have found that if I start my day in the place of gratitude, when the email comes in that I really wasn't expecting or the phone call or the business deal or whatever, uh, when that state is there, you, you've, you've just given yourself capacity to absorb some of the blows that are coming your way. H- have you seen that to be true? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that, that was that, that, that relationship we have with the present moment. It's like we, when we really start to start to build that muscle whether something good is happening or when there's something bad is happening, it's like, we're still able to have that foundation of remaining centered, remaining present, um, remaining, remaining satisfied and content. Um, but it's, it's a tough, it's a, it's a tough muscle to build. And that's why it's like these, these practices, spirituality is a weird sort of paradox because it's about freedom and expansion and going with the flow. But there's also this like kind of discipline aspect to it of like yeah. actually disciplining and having certain practices that really work for you. And, mm-hmm. and these practices are different, the practice different different people um, have different practices that work best for them, but really finding those practices that work best for you is like and and really sticking to them and doing it because you love them, not doing it because you feel like you have to do them. Um, but yeah, like you, that's a really important point of like then when when things are when things that are not pleasurable are happening, there's like a you have a certain kind of groundedness that mm-hmm. that really is is important. Mm-hmm. No, I I have found I, I think it's a it's very indicative into my state of gratitude on, on is my view of this moment, my view of today, uh, life is happening for me or life is happening to me, right? And I, yes. typ- I typically bring one of those narratives, unfortunately, to me more than for me, if I'm, if I'm honest. Uh, and yet I always go back to, it's got to start in the small places of gratitude. And, yeah. and, and that really gives you, grants you, I don't know what it is, the, the capacity, the awareness to allow the challenges of life to maybe pack a bit more possibility instead of problem, uh, right? Instead of them mm. being problematic, they've got a bit more possibility. Um, dude, we're just riffing. So here we go. Um, so, <laughs> I um, so I, I did one of, you know, the main thing I wanted to really kind of dig into with you today was this idea of, um, kind of the art of raising children, right? So I've got two little girls. Uh, I don't think you're married or have kids yet, um, and that's nope. okay. But I, but I think it, it, it would be great to hear 
uh, maybe for you um, to share with with us a bit of like what what you found to be helpful and beneficial. What what kept you curious? If my children can have zest and curiosity and excitement and wonder um, at 24, whatever age you may be, like that's what I'm after. Um, rather than like handing them something and say, believe this, uh, like granting them invitation, right? To, 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 to um, join into something beautiful and kind of lead with possibility. So I, I guess let's just start from the get-go and say, when, when, cult of, when consciousness was calling you, right? What, what were some of the things as a kid uh, from, a, from a parent viewpoint was, was beneficial to you, that, that you felt um, granted you eyes of possibility and a heart that was curious about the world? Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad we're talking about this because this is something I'm really passionate about because the, the environment that I grew up in and how conducive it was to my spiritual growth and allowing me to find my own path. I mean, it's been something that's been so huge on my journey and I'm so passionate about helping parents create that environment for their kids as well. Um, so I, my, my story was, my story is kind of strange where my parents started when I was very young, my parents started a, a mega church in West Michigan, a Christian mega church. It was like the fastest growing mega church in the Midwest, but then their firstborn kid, never considered himself a Christian and never really was that interested in religion. So it's like my dad was rising. My dad was rising up as this like Christian teacher and my parents were very involved in the Christian world, but I just wasn't, I never really connected with religion. I never really connected with nothing about it really like grabbed me. And the most important thing my parents did is they never pushed any of it onto Mm -hmm. me. They just let me have the freedom and autonomy to choose and the freedom and autonomy to choose my own path and follow my own curiosity. So I really, really credit my parents with having doing that, like really kind of advanced move of like being heavily involved in a world and having my dad's work be so involved in a world, but not have any sort of stress or worry or tension about their kid, not really being interested mm-hmm. in that particular um, Christian structure. So they, they only, I only ever felt for my parents an encouragement to be curious about whatever I was curious about. So I would ask my dad, I would ask my dad questions like, you know, why is there, why is there something rather than nothing? Or why, what's the nature of infinity? Like these deep kind of metaphysical questions I would ask my dad. And I only ever felt from him just an encouragement. He wouldn't give me like, he wouldn't answer that. He wouldn't be like, you know, this is the answer to that. He would only ever, uh, he would only ever just encourage those kind of questions, encourage that kind of curiosity. And I, I only, my parents never, I never felt any stress from them or any pressure from them to believe anything. I only ever felt um, them just celebrating the fact that I was curious and interested in things. Mm. So I, I use this word when I, when I talk about kids and spirituality, where I, this word called doorways, where I say that everyone has their own doorway into spirituality. So like my, everyone has their own way that they came into spirituality. So for my parents, their doorway was organized religion. They came up in the organized religious world. And then my dad kind of moved away from the, he kind of moved into a deeper spirituality that we're still referenced a lot of the Jesus teaching in the Christian tradition, but he wasn't so like affiliated with mm-hmm. Christianity itself. Um, my, and, and my doorway was just this natural like curiosity and wonder and awe and this natural kind of fascination with consciousness. Um, and my parents allowed me to have my own doorway. They didn't force a certain doorway onto me. They just allowed me to, to find it. And that's what made it so authentic. That's what made this journey so authentic is it was always 
my own journey, my own autonomy, um, me exploring what I wanted to explore. So I, I, I tell parents like every kid has their own doorway mm-hmm. into spirituality as a parent you want to create the environment that allows them to best find their own doorway because that's what will make their spiritual journey authentic um, and, and unique is because everyone has their own unique story and unique doorway. Um, so, so the most important thing is just fostering and encouraging curiosity. Curiosity is the engine hmm. for all of this. It's the engine for, for growth and learning and expansion and spiritual growth. If, if, if you're curious, um, that's the most important thing. So Parents, and, and not so, is, and not so much to bring an answer to the curiosity. I'm hearing you say, yes, yes. That's one of the that's one of the things that that parents. I I, I work with parents, and I notice that there's sort of this idea that they kind of this idea of a parent that they sort of have to die to of this parent that has all the answers mm. and just give their kids all the answers to their questions and just kind of like bring them. It's like I, I understand it from a from a parent's perspective. Like you love your kids so much that when your kid has questions about the world, like why is there suffering? What happens when we die? Um, these kids, lots of times kids are asking these kind of like deep questions mm-hmm. um, that are on their minds and parents have this love for their kids and they like want to like give their kids an answer and like help, help them. And actually it's, it's a little counterintuitive. Actually the, the, the move is to not always just give them a concrete answer. It's actually just to, to, to let them know that it's great to explore these kind of questions. These are the kind of questions that humans have been asking for centuries. Um, and, and even as a parent, I think that there's a kind of honesty and vulnerability and being like, you know, I don't know the answer to that question. That's something that I deal with too. It's like letting your kid know that it's okay to not always have the answers. And actually the mystery, the, the beauty is in the mystery. Yes. The beauty is not as having the answer. The beauty is actually in the mystery. Um, so it takes a certain level of, of spiritual growth from parents. It's like, well, how are the, how, what perspective are they parenting from? What, what kind of um, example and, and, a model are they giving their kids to their mm. own kind of spiritual orientation? I, I always say that it comes back to the parents and how they're living their life. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that that's a great opportunity for this question then. What what was some of that structure that you found uh, beneficial, not to jump into religious lingo with you, but like your dad has taught about the, the, the significance of Sabbath, right? Like the, the, the pattern of work, work, rest. Um, what were, what were some of the structure that, that you found, uh, useful, uh, in, in the home that you grew up in that, that kind of gave you some of that runway to explore, or was it availability of presence with your parent? Like, and I'm chasing a lot of questions here, so forgive me. Um, it's out of curiosity, but I'm just kind of wondering, like, how, how was conversation structure, meals, travel, like I'm sure you guys were on the road a lot, you know, growing up some, like what, what were some of the things that you saw, um, your parents do well in that space? Yeah. Great question. Yeah. And, and I, I like that you brought up Sabbath because I definitely remember my dad mentioning Sabbath every weekend. So there was, I, I was very lucky to have, my dad was able to, um, teach me a lot of the, the really great things about the Christian tradition through, through his work. And I was able to kind of just receive a lot of the, um, without actually ever like considering myself Christian or considering myself religious, I was able to see a lot of the, the positive, healthy aspects of Christianity and a lot of the beautiful lessons within the Christian tradition, the, 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 the Jesus message, I was able to see, um, who Jesus was as a teacher. So a lot of the, my dad's, 
teachings and my dad's knowledge of the tradition, he, he did dispense a lot of that to me, which I'm very grateful for. And yeah, I, I, I was very fortunate to have a, a, a family that was um, very functional. And we had, we definitely had structure as far as we didn't like, like pray at certain times or anything like that. They never, they never made me partake in any sort of like practices or rituals. Um, but there definitely was like a, a healthy, they, they created a very healthy container for me mm. to um, with, with, they create a healthy container for me to just explore and find my own, find my own path and follow my own curiosity. And they were always, they were just always available and always present whenever I had like questions or things I was exploring, they were always, they would always listen. They never laughed off any of my questions. They never Mm -hmm. dismissed any of my questions. They were just very always, always present. And the thing that the, the really the most important thing uh, that my parents did, and this is the lesson that I really, um, take from them that I help parents with is my, my parents really embody the, all the, all the spirituality that my parents were into and the, and the Jesus message and all the, the great aspects of the Christian tradition, they were really embodying, they were mm. really living that. Mm. Um, and they were really, I talk about this, there's this balance of influence versus autonomy where you, you want to let your kids remain autonomous in their spiritual journey but as a parent, you as a parent, you have tremendous influence on them through mm-hmm. your way of being in the world. So my parents let me remain autonomous, but they were also influencing me tremendously mm-hmm. because I could see that um, the all their spirituality was actually making them more loving humans, more loving parents. It was actually making them more present. You know, like all the the Jesus message that my dad was talking about, everything my dad was teaching, I could see it was actually making him a better human. He was actually mm-hmm. living and embodying it. So I was like. They weren't pushing any, they weren't telling me what to believe. They weren't pushing anything on me specifically. They were simply just living better. Mm. And that was influencing me tremendously. Um, mm. So that influence part, that was really the most important thing they did. It's yeah. just being, by being authentic, vulnerable, real, and actually making, actually being better humans, that was influencing me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That made me smile. That, um, what a beautiful, uh, yeah, you said, you said that so well, so beautifully. Um, it's in the fruit, right? Like you, yeah. you, you saw, you saw a more loving human being cultivated before your eyes. Yes. Um, and, and that helped form you into who you are today. What, what are some of those questions that we can ask that can help navigate them towards their doorway, right? Like, um, and, and maybe it's just availability. Maybe we don't even need to be, you know, ready with questions. But um, I know the, bell, the bells live in questions, right? The questions are greater than answers in the Bell family. Um, what, what are some of those things that you would invite those of us that have these little souls that we've been entrusted of, of uh, kind of a way to keep, keep things curious, keep things interesting, uh, questions to ask? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great question. Um, and I think it's really about the questions that the kids are asking because the questions that your yeah. the kids are asking are giving you a really helpful sign to what their doorway is mm. because the questions, questions that keep coming up for, for kids and, and, and the questions that kids are repeatedly asking are giving you a sign as to, as to what's bringing them wonder and awe and what they're curious about. And, and again, curiosity is our, our, our doorway. Curiosity is a, a pointer to whatever doorway, whatever our doorway is. So really it's about paying attention to what the kids are asking. And then as a parent, you want to become a really skillful um, question asker to their questions. So as a parent, questions are a fantastic way to move 
something even da- more down to the heart. Mm. So when you when you ask a really great question to someone like, why do you think that way? Or what or what is making you think about thinking? What is making you think that? Um, what why is that bringing you? Why is that interesting you? When you're asking that kind of why question, it's really um, forcing the kid to kind of sink down into the heart a little bit and like, and then maybe they don't even know. I mean, oftentimes mm. they don't know. Yeah. But as a parent, it's not all, always about giving answers to your kids' questions. Actually, about being skillful and asking great questions about their questions and, and really trying to trying to learn more about what, why they're curious about something, what's bringing them wonder and awe um, and really show them that asking questions, it's like asking questions is a beautiful thing and letting their curiosity inspire and fuel your curiosity. And you create this relationship of curiosity. That's one of the thing I, things I have with my parents. that's so awesome is we've always, our curiosity has always been like, uh, influencing each other. We've always had this relationship of curiosity where I have ideas and insights um, and epiphanies about certain things that I tell my dad that gets him thinking in new ways. And he comes to me and then tells me new insights. And then it gets me thinking in new ways. And that's why working with him is such a blast because it's just been like a natural kind of transition to our relationship that we've always had. But now it's just more like in a, now it's with work where we're, we're constantly pushing each other and recommending new books and recommending uh, new sending each other videos. And like, it's this constant um, exposing each other to new ideas and getting each other thinking in new ways. Um, but really that, that like, fostering and creating that kind of relationship of curiosity yeah. and wonder and awe in the household, I think is the, the foundation that you build all of this on. Well said. Stay curious about their curiosity and you'll be yep. all right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So anything else you would share in, in this vein of parenting young ones in 2021? Yeah. So I, it, it's, it's definitely, I, I, it's, this has been a very interesting thing to teach because I, I understand that I'm not a parent. So it's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting perspective here because yeah. usually the parent, someone saying how to talk to your kids about spirituality would be a parent who's raised kids who said right. like, this is what worked for my kids. Right. This time I, I've kind of flipped it where it's actually the kids saying this is what worked for me. Hmm. Um, so there, there are certain things, um, like, I don't know what it's like to have kids. I don't, there's a, there's a certain responsibility that, that parents have. And there's a, there's just a, such a deep love for their kids. And I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of fear that if, if that parents have, because they were, a lot of parents were raised in some sort of, um, particular kind of strict religious structure. And they've moved, they've moved past that it, it, as they've grown up, they've kind of moved past that, deconstructed that in a lot of ways. And now they're in this really unique position where, they've kind of deconstructed their upbringing and the kind of particular kind of strict, rigid structure that they grew up with. And they're also at the same time trying to figure out what to give their kids. It's mm-hmm. like they're, they want to give their kids something. Um, they want to give their kids something, but they don't want to give their kids the thing that they grew up with. So they're in this really kind of unique challenge of um, doing their own deconstruction and also figuring out what to give kids. Um, so it's, it, there's a, there's a little bit of faith here. There's a little bit of faith and there's a little bit of like a leap of faith that it takes for a lot of parents of mm-hmm. like letting go of the idea that if I don't give my kid this particular strict religious structure, they're still going to be okay in the world. It's like, they're still letting them find their own doorway. It can feel scary. It can feel mm-hmm. like, you know, what if my, like, what if my kid doesn't, what if my kid's doorway is something bad? It's like, there's, there's, there's a lot of fears that come up. Um, 
with this. And I, I understand. I mean, I, everyone loves their, everyone cares and loves for their kid, but there's like a certain, there's a certain sort of like leap of faith that if you, if you as a parent really embody all the things that you want your kids to have, if you, if you want your kids to have wonder and awe and curiosity, if you want your kids to be a loving person who cares about others, how are you exemplifying that as a parent? How are you, how are you living that? Because that's ultimately all you can do. We can't control others. We can't control Mm -hmm. others' path and others' actions. We can only control what we're doing and we can live to the most authentic and loving expressions of ourselves. And that's, that's the most important thing is, is that letting that be the influence and kind of letting go of that, like need to control and and just letting it, letting it be a little bit of a leap of faith and, and recognizing that if you set the example and you live true to your values, your kids will pick up on that and your kids will mm. appreciate and that will that will shape them in the ways that you want it to shape them. Well said, well said. So um, consciousness, spiral dynamics, raising kids. Uh, uh, what else is keeping you curious these days? You're, you, you got a lot going on. You're doing stuff with your dad. What, what else is stirring curiosity in the, in the chest of Trace Bell? Yeah. So I, I have a, I'm doing a, a course right now, a, a experience I'm taking people through right now called uh, integrated spaces, which is helping people um, create uh, uh, courses, spaces, a spaces means like it can actually be like a physical space or it could be a, like a space here, like a podcast or a, a website or a, any, any sort of creation. Um, so I'm actually me and my, my, my partner, Tina, are taking people through a uh, course on on creation and and actually helping people create projects, which has been really fun. Um, we have a new uh, new course called uh, Head to Heart, which is helping. One of the common themes that my dad and I have noticed in this work is people want to live more from their heart and yeah. less from their head, yeah. and their head is constantly trying to save them from situations. Um, so I'm I, we're, we're I'm doing a lot of uh, head to heart. Uh, I'm doing a head to heart class, which is I'm really excited about. I have a new meditation series where I'm doing guided meditations called on my website called invitations to the infinite. Nice. So I'm doing uh yeah, I wanted to get some points for alliteration. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of corny, but I love it. Yeah. Uh, so, so I'm doing uh, I, I meditation, like I said, has been such a huge part of my journey. So I'm doing uh, so I'm doing guided meditations that are really fun. Um, I, I just, this, this past year, I've just, I've loved just exploring all these different um, all these different avenues and all these different things. And, and just, uh, whether it be spiral dynamics, parents and, and, and kids and spirituality. Oh, I'm working on a new kids and spirituality. Um, I have the the audio for the first talk is up on my site, um, but then I'm working on a, the next iteration of kids and spirituality, which I think is going to be more age focused. I think there's going to be one for kind of uh, pre ten, and mm-hmm. I think there's going to be one for more teenagers. Um, just to just talking about what helped most of my journey throughout these different phases. Um, so, and, and just the consciousness continues to mystify me it's, mm-hmm. and, and being, being, coming back more to the present moment and living more in the present moment continues to mystify me and keep me going. <laughs> um, but I, I love it all. I love it. I love it, man. Um, well, this was beautiful. I, 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 I know you and I chased a lot of rabbits, uh, in this dialogue, but, um, really love to have you on again sometime, maybe dig deeper into some of this stuff. Uh, I think that uh, you could be a great resource for us uh, in the realm of consciousness and spirituality. Um, for some of our listeners, maybe that want to follow you and your work in the world, where would you send them? Yep. So my website, tracebell.com, and that's bell with three L's. So that's T-R-A-C-E-B-E-L-L-L.com. It's my website where you can find everything that I talked about. You can find all my courses, my meditation series, 
um, all the podcasts I've done with my father, um, everything is at that website. So tracebell.com, T-R-A-C-E-B-E-L-L-L.com. Right on, man. Well, hey, grateful for your time and energy today. And um, like I said, you got an open chair here at our table uh, anytime you want it. So thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a blast. You bet, man.